0: in the great outdoors, we're thinking about it. Kinder Outdoors, come on into the camphouse and make yourself at home.
1: Hey, welcome back to the camphouse here at Kinder Outdoors. We're at the Vineyards Campground and Cabins, our home away from home. Spending the summer out here, enjoying the lake and all the great amenities of the Vineyards Campground. Front door to the camphouse is brought to you by my trusted friends at Purina. And Fortiflora from Purina Veterinary Diets, America's number one canine probiotic. If you own a dog, you really need to keep Fortiflora in the fridge. Learn more about it at kinderoutdoors.com. One of the biggest conservation expos and conventions on planet Earth is moving. They've been in Dallas for about 40 years, and they're going to be moving to Atlanta for a while, the Dallas Safari Club Convention and Expo. I've got the CEO from DSC and the DSC Foundation, Corey Mason, a trusted friend, a trusted voice joining me on the show today. He's also a highly experienced hunter, and specifically, he's a dang good mule deer man. We're going to pick his brain about hunting mule deer, how to go about scouting them in these hot summer months. But we're going to start this hot summer day in the great state of Montana with Dylan Tabish from Montana Fish, Wildlife, and Parks. A lot of us like to fish Montana in these hot summer months, but the drought and heat is really affecting the folks in Montana and the fishing there as well. I want to talk to Dylan about that. Welcome to the show, Dylan. Hey, thank you. I appreciate you having me. Sometimes that water gets a little scarce, even in Montana and you're seeing that now with uh, some of your streams and rivers, especially in the northwest.
2: Yeah, unfortunately, up here in northwest Montana, we are experiencing severe drought conditions. Uh, we've been lucky for for a long time that the drought has gone just about everywhere but here. But unfortunately, it's our turn to, to deal with drought. And so we had below average winter snowpack this last winter. And then our spring runoff just came and went in a flash. And then to just make matters worse, we've had above average hot, dry summer conditions. So unfortunately, the stars aligned and and all the boxes that lead to drought got checked up here. And so now what we're dealing with is our river flows in the north, south, and middle forks of the Flathead River, which is our biggest river basin up here, those are running at about a third of average for this time of year. So they are way down. Um, Our streams are just... They are down to, you know, not a trickle, but they are way down. And so what happens obviously when we get less water is those water temperatures start to increase. And up here we're home to some really important native trout species, particularly West Slope cutthroat trout and bull trout. And those are the, those native trout species really don't do well in warm water conditions. So that's what we're, we're worried about and keeping an eye on.
1: Yeah, and there are certain things you guys do in Montana that uh, kind of protect those trout, protect the fish a little bit more through this hot weather and hot water. One of those is hoot owl restrictions. Explain that. What what does that mean, hoot owl restrictions?
2: Yeah, well, I wish I knew where the name originated from because it is kind of an interesting name. But essentially what hoot owl fishing restrictions are is it prohibits fishing during the hottest parts of the day. So that's 2 p.m. to midnight up here. So we have sections of river across Montana that on an annual basis, when we get into the the heart of summer, we implement hoot owl restrictions on sections of rivers, and that's to basically take that fishing pressure off those fish during the most stressful times of day. So from 2 p.m. to midnight, fishermen can't fish those sections of water that have hoot owl restrictions.
1: Hoot owl restrictions on some of your waters and then some other waters, complete closure.
2: Yeah, unfortunately, we do have some sections of uh, a river that are seeing complete closures. We we just actually announced uh, over in western and southwestern Montana some fishing closures um, on stretches of the Madison River. Um, we've got stretches of, like Rattlesnake Creek uh, on the Clark Fork River. Uh, those are areas near Missoula and Bozeman. Uh, that the the conditions are bad enough that they're just saying hey it's a full fishing closure now. It's not just hoot owl you know that 2 to midnight closure. It's a full blown fishing closure for the time
1: being. Dylan Tabish is with uh, Montana uh Fish Wildlife and Parks. Tell me uh this Dylan because we are you know we're still going to fish. Even with the restrictions, we're going to fish, right? So, yeah. What can we do? What are some things we can do to help uh those fish swim away when we've ha- had our picture made and and help them survive another day and another hot day
2: yeah well we're asking fishermen to just maybe self-regulate a little bit don't fish during that hottest part of the day even if hoot owl restrictions aren't yet in place like in the flathead we're saying hey maybe let's just back off during that hottest part of the day that's a big step you can take right there self-regulating a little bit during the hottest part of the day try to land the fish quickly you know don't play with it on the line for a long time that can really wear fish down uh, and then you catch a fish you bring it in try to keep it in his water the water as much as possible so if you're gonna take it out to get your photo that's great but man try to do it as quickly as you can keep your hands wet keep that fish wet um, that's a really big way to kind of reduce that stress you get those fish out of water they start drying up real quick it's not good for those fish that can lead to mortality or disease really quickly on those fish and then obviously removing the hook gently that's that goes without saying it makes sense but in general Maybe look for some uh, fishing areas in less stressful temperatures and conditions. Maybe find some larger lakes or reservoirs or go up into those higher elevation water bodies.
1: Dylan Tabish with Montana Fish, Wildlife, and Parks. Appreciate you, Dylan. Thank you. Hey, thank you, Billy. Appreciate you getting out the, the word. Not long before we start hauling the bird dogs across the country up to Montana. Their bird seasons open up in September next month. <laughs> Hey, before the trip, during the trip, and for the first few days when you get back home, Forta Flora for each dog every day. It helps maintain a strong GI system in our dogs. You've worked hard your entire life, and now that place is yours. Ensure the security of your livestock and wildlife with Tejas Ranch and Game Fence. You appreciate a job well done, and that's our focus at Tejas. High deer fence, horse and cattle specific fences. Fences that keep the hogs out and the peace of mind intact. Decades of high performance in fencing, land clearing, and happy landowners. T-E-J-A-S. TejasRanchFence.com
4: The granddaddy of all hunting shows is back. The 2023 Hunter's Extravaganza, August 4th through the 6th at the NRG Center. Fun for the whole family. Check out hunting seminars, all the latest hunting equipment, last season's best box from our annual deer contest, and for the little hunters, games, live alligators, snakes, and more. For details and tickets, go to Huntersextravaganza.com. August 4th through the 6th at the NRG Center. The 2023 Hunter's Extravaganza.
1: From the deck of your private cabin overlooking the confluence of the famous White and Norfolk Rivers at Norfolk Resort Trout Dock, you can see crystal clear running waters that hold one of the world's greatest populations of rainbow and brown trout. In fact, this is the home of world record trout. You might be distracted, though, by the beautiful rolling Ozark Mountains that hold you during your stay. Just up the road a few miles is incredible bass fishing for largemouth, smallmouth, and spots. You'll find the best guides in the business at Norfolk Resort, and your boat is just a short walk from your cabin. Your guide will find a gravel shoal perfect for preparing a hot shore lunch with fresh-caught trout and all the trimmings. You'll think about a nap after lunch, but there's more fish to catch and river to explore before retiring to your fully furnished riverside hideaway. Sound good? Of course it does. Norfolk Resort Trout Dock in Norfolk, Arkansas norfolkresort.com.
5: At the Outdoors Tomorrow Foundation, we're really happy to have more than 50,000 kids in school classrooms learning about archery, fishing, boating, and other outdoor skills each year. We're thrilled that we have grown to schools across the United States and continue to grow. We're humbled that teaching wildlife conservation to our future generations have been so eagerly accepted by more than a quarter million kids so far. We're happy, thrilled, and humbled Contact me, Scott McClure. I'm at GoOTF.com. That's Scott at GoOTF.com.
0: Teach a man to hunt and fish, and you'll never see him again. Sit down and prop up your boots with us here at Kinder Outdoors.
1: Coming to you from the Vineyards Campground and Cabins, beautiful Grapevine Lake, Texas. We hang out on the porch at the uh, store, the camp store at the Vineyards every Wednesday morning from about 9 to 11. So, hey, if you're in the neighborhood, stop by. We'd love to see you. I'll even give you a free box of Fortiflora for your dogs. Corey Mason is the CEO of the Dallas Safari Club and the Dallas Safari Club Foundation. I know him as a trusted friend, a good friend, a dear friend. He is the right man for this job. And I always enjoy my time visiting with you, Corey. Welcome back to the show, buddy. Billy, it is great to be with you, sir. Thank you for having me. It is good to uh, have you with us as always. I know that you're suffering from some severe jet lag. You've been all over the globe for about a month solid uh, handling the duties of DSC and the DSC Foundation. And uh, we greatly appreciate your your hard work there. But, hey, some big news uh, breaking from Dallas Safari Club Convention and Expo is forced to make a move because of future construction in downtown Dallas at K Bailey Hutchison. Fill us in on what's going on.
6: Yeah, I appreciate that. It is, it is big news. It's big news for the organization, for our exhibitor partners, and certainly for our very loyal attendee Bay Suite. You know, Dallas has held an event here for roughly 40 years in the Dallas area proper in the last 14 years at the K. Bailey Hutchison Convention Center. And it's been wonderful, wonderful event. And this coming year, uh, in 24 hour event will be there. Uh, but uh, now that we look a little further in the clock. We were notified um, just a few months ago that uh, the convention center will be uh, undertaking a very serious renovation, meaning deconstruction and reconstruction, that will result in the removal of the halls as we know them. Now, we were aware of some construction, but their construction plans change, which then means we have to respond to that. So, uh, ultimately, the space in which we use will not be available. So, we then started a a statewide basically tour and review of looking at every facility in the state of Texas, everything from AT&T Stadium to Waco, Austin, Houston, San Antonio, I mean everything in the DFW area um, and uh, didn't have the size or date availability. So we we uh, launched out to a national search. And after a very extensive search with lots of different criteria, Atlanta, Georgia will be the home beginning in 2025
1: for five years until we return back to Dallas. We want to be very clear that the DFC Convention and Sporting Expo 2024 will be at the K-Bailey Hutchison in Dallas this coming January, just like it has been for 14 years, correct?
6: That's correct, yes, sir. We'll be here in January, and I think it will be an an absolute bash. Uh, And
1: there will be 25 that will make the move
6: uh, to Atlanta.
3: Yes, sir.
1: Yep, 25 through 29. I'm sure that you have received a lot of phone calls, a lot of emails people saying everything from way to go to are you crazy Uh, (laughs) i know some of the smartest folks i know are dallas apari club uh uh, uh, and i know that this has been very well researched you guys have tossed and turned and and made a gut-wrenching decision
6: it was a very difficult decision uh whenever we were confronted with the fact that uh you know we were ultimately we had no choice we had to find a new home for five years and wanting to uh, to stay here in Texas was our most sincere desire and we tried and we looked and we looked and we looked and we had uh, professionals from a review uh, perspective looking for uh, all the facilities uh, and they're just not available here with what we needed in a data availability. So when we undertook this national search, we fully understood the ramifications, to your point, Billy, of people that are saying, are you crazy? To on the other end of, this is an absolute fantastic growth opportunity for DSC and everything in between. And We've received a number of calls with everything in between, and, uh, uh, and it's been interesting because the folks that, you know, then immediately fire off the cuff, well, there's a, there's, a, you know, there's event space in Fort Worth. Why didn't you even consider that? It's like, well, you know, if you slow down and let me give you the, uh, the tour here, let you know that we did. And by the way, Fort Worth is under construction starting next year, and so was Austin. And so, you know, you have these discussions and people quickly get to the same, uh, end result that we did, that Atlanta is the best place in the country. You know, when you look at three plus million sportsmen buying hunting license in those immediate states around there, uh, that it is a great recipe with the most, with the busiest international airport in the world there. So it can accommodate all of our international exhibitors, many of them that come to Dallas, fly through Atlanta. Uh, so, um, when you, when you really look at all those ingredients that ultimately result in the recipe of a great convention, All of those ingredients are there, and it will be a great convention. There's no doubt about it. And then we have the opportunity to to maintain a Texas presence in the summer as well with another event that we're
7: going to hold.
1: Yeah, and I want to talk about that, too. The Dallas Safari Club Foundation has been uh, hosting a banquet now for two or three years, and it's gone very well, but it's been a banquet only. And that is about to blossom and grow into something that we're all familiar with and that we've seen DSC uh, do at the Billy Hutchison for years. It's about to become a very similar summer event uh, compared to what we've seen in January from DSC, if I'm not wrong. Am I right?
6: You're right on, Billy. Uh, it's going to be an event that we're narrowing down right now between a couple of facilities, and it's going to be that June-July time frame again starting in 2025 uh, so that our exhibitor partners can maintain that presence in, in front of our great, great loyal exhibitors, or excuse me, attendees here in the Texas and surrounding states as well. And then now we'll have others fly in from around the country. And we envision that right now. We already had great interest from our exhibitor partners from the announcement last week. Um, we're going to have a several hundred exhibitors there, and it's going to be a focus on the exhibition, getting our attendees in front of our great exhibitor partners with products, services, hunts, you know, everything in between. And uh, and then ultimately it'll be likely all day Friday, all day Saturday, and Saturday night will be the foundation gala that you mentioned there, Billy. It's going to be a great time.
1: Yeah, and there are going to be evening events. Um, there there are going to be a lot of things that you see that you're accustomed to, that you, it's going to feel like putting on that comfortable pair of jeans uh, when Dallas Safari Club does this uh, at uh, whatever location that turns out to be, and we'll be all over over that uh, gathering information uh, for you. Corey, if you can hang on for just a minute, I want to talk to you a little bit more about uh, importing Um, animal skins, animal trophies from around the world and why some people don't want to see that happen and what the hoopla is there. Can you hang on? Yes, sir. Looking forward to it. Corey Mason is the CEO of the Dallas Safari Club and the Dallas Safari Club Foundation. Hey, Calming Care is a great product. came out a few years ago from the trusted name Purina. It's for the overbarker, the nervous Nelly, the overzealous dog that tears up the furniture or rips up the carpet during a thunderstorm or when you go away to work for the day. It's not a drug. It's actually a probiotic, and it works very gently over time to settle the overactive dog. If that's your dog, calming care could be a big help in your home. Calming care. Learn more when you come see me at KinderOutdoors.com hot summertime maybe you should restrict your outdoor activity to nighttime when it's this hot you can fish at night and you can also go
8: frog gigging master chef and camp house cook john bonnell if you've got a batch of frog legs don't monkey with them too much my favorite way to do it is to let them sit in a soak of buttermilk with a few shots of hot sauce give it at least an hour or two Pull it out of there, dredge it in flour that's seasoned with at least salt and pepper. You can go more complex if you want. Fry them right up. Crispy on the outside, the buttermilk and flour get together to make a nice coating. Frog legs are just as tender and juicy and beautiful as wild game ever gets.
1: Man, I tell you, I can eat frog legs until I start literally hopping. Why are we going to put these frog legs in the milk, in the buttermilk and hot sauce for an hour to an hour and a half?
8: Well, if you've got any kind of wild flavors in there at all or any blood left at all, the, the buttermilk really helps to kind of leach some of that out. And then the buttermilk itself works together with the flour to create the perfect crust. It's one of my favorite ways to do oysters, to do shrimp, crawfish, calamari, frog legs. Soak them in buttermilk. It helps kind of get some of the flavors uh, you know, mellowed out a little bit. And then the buttermilk and the flour together really work to make that great golden crust.
0: Hi, everybody. It's world championship caller, Al Morris. When I'm not in the great outdoors, I'm sure thinking about it with Big Billy Kinder Outdoors.
1: Get off the beach and into the action. Enjoy world-class Costa Rican sport fishing with Caribbean Sea Sport Fishing. Marlin, sailfish, roosterfish, and more. Inshore, offshore, overnight, seamounts. Caribbean Sea Sport Fishing will work with your group to customize the perfect trip. Half day, full day, every day. Your next getaway is the best ever. Take a look at catchafishingcostarica.com. Catch a fish in Costa Rica. Dot com. Hey, it's Billy Kinder. If you've listened to me very long, you know that I depend on buffalo wool products to keep me warm in harsh winter conditions. But did you know that these highly effective buffalo
7: fibers work equally well in the heat of summer? Their native language goes from Tok, Alaska down past Mexico City.
1: Ron and Teresa Miskin have three decades of weaving perfection from those precious insulating fibers of the bison. And they put them to the test on the world's toughest playground, Alaska.
5: That's our testing, the moose hunting, um, there's so much that goes on up there.
7: The big advantage of bison fiber, besides the insulation, is it's moisture wicking and keeping your feet dry, your, your body dry, and that sweat away from there reduces the bacterial growth, reduces any foot fungus or anything like that. Bison fiber in a cowboy boot will run three to five degrees cooler than a cotton sock.
1: Take a look at the new line of cool, wicking buffalo wool for the summer.
7: The Buffalo TheBuffaloWoolCo.com
0: I didn't know buffaloes had wool.
1: Yep. The
4: The granddaddy of all hunting shows is back. The 2023 Hunter's Extravaganza, August 11th through the 13th at the Fort Worth Convention Center. Fun for the whole family. Check out hunting seminars, all the latest hunting equipment, last season's best bucks from our annual deer contest, and for the little hunters, games, live alligators, snakes, and more. For details and tickets, go to Huntersextravaganza.com. August 11th and 13th at the Fort Worth Convention Center, the 2023 Hunter's Extravaganza.
1: If you fry your turkeys during the holiday season and you're tired of the hassle of pots, open flames under hot oil, and sticky, oily messes, then it's time to take a good look at the Cajun Fryer by R&V Works. The original, the last fryer that you'll ever need to purchase. Cajun Fryer puts pro-level frying gear in your backyard or hunt and fish camp. These are high-performance, low-maintenance deep fryers that feature the heat source in the oil. Your oil heats from the inside out. If your family loves a fish fry, Cajun Fryer is a must. Because the heat source is suspended in the oil, small crumbs and pieces that burn fall to the bottom. So your oil stays much cleaner, many times lasting the entire year. Often imitated, never duplicated. Don't be fooled. Take a look at the original Cajun Fryer at CajunFryer.com. Fresh, crisp, delicious every time com. After spending a few days at Joshua Creek Ranch, I describe it as a sportsman's nirvana. We love creating a unique experience
5: for each of our guests. You know, the interests can vary here from wing shooting to deer hunting to fly fishing to river kayaking. So we have a great variety of
1: guests and. Um, We like for them to enjoy everything we have to offer. As I enjoyed the birth of a new day over the rolling hill country ranch that is Joshua Creek, I was amazed at the wildlife, quail, pheasants, native white-tailed deer, trophy-class axis deer. We've worked hard on the habitat, planted improved grasses, really with the help of some
5: wildlife biologists studied what would make the best habitat to keep our game here. Mm -hmm.
3: We can hunt easily six seven eight groups and we don't try to do it on 40 acres i mean these people get to walk they get to see some country joe and ann kirchival
1: invite you to enjoy this free range ranch just northwest of san antonio visit joshuacreek.com for the land of the free and the home of the
9: brave from high school gyms to towering stadiums every time i see our flag wave i feel a humbling reminder of the brave who keep and have kept us free I stand to honor the sacrifices of the generations before me. Heroes who charged in the battle through bombs and bullets, who lost their brothers and still pushed through, fighting for every inch of our freedom. I stand for my brothers who can't stand anymore. Men who hunted terrorists to the ends of the earth, who sacrificed their bodies and their lives so that we could peacefully live ours. I stand for the children, the spouses, and parents whose family made the ultimate sacrifice for us. We are all standing. We're the National Rifle Association of America, and we are freedom's safest place.
0: Pledge allegiance to the flag of the United States of America and to the republic for which it stands, one nation, under God, indivisible, with liberty and justice for all. This is Kinder Outdoors.
1: Hey, if you will, drop by the website. It's real simple. Kinder, K-I-N-D-E-R, like kindergarten, kinderoutdoors.com. There's a place there for you to register and win tickets to the Texas... Trophy Hunters Extravaganza shows, uh, any of the shows that you want to go uh, visit, uh, these tickets will get you in the door, okay? Uh, the Hunters Extravaganza tickets, a six-pack of them, are waiting on you at KinderOutdoors.com. And, hey, while you're there, leave a note. Let us know where you are, how you listen. We'd love to hear from you. You can also give us a call anytime, 877 1877 820 BBKO. one eight seven seven eight twenty 820 BBKO. Wanna share the show with somebody? Well, you can do that too. Kinder Outdoors is wherever you get your podcast. We're there. They know about us and they'll send you a free weekly download if you just let them know you want it. Corey Mason, CEO of the Dallas Safari Club and the Dallas Safari Club Foundation, my special guest on the show. Uh, Today, I try to have Corey on two or three times a year uh, because he's at the forefront of knowledge when it comes to conservation, wild things, wild places, and I really appreciate you sharing your time and expertise with us. Uh, Thanks for hanging on, Corey. Yes, sir. Happy to be here. Imports uh, keeps popping up um, uh, in the headlines, uh, and a lot of people are battling against us bringing a trophy back if i go shoot an impala or whatever does that does that impact that that impact what what is all this talk we hear headlines see headlines give us the meat of the story what is the, the crux of this
6: yeah it's a great question billy and one that that more hunters are sort of seeing in front of them it's something that it might not even have to be an international destination it could be something as local as canada if you will or mexico as well for the north american hunter and so Really what the, the heart of this is, is the anti-hunting community, being those of like the Born Free Center for Biological Diversity, Humane Societies, etc. It is their attempt, uh, to prohibit the hunter, uh, from going abroad, uh, going internationally, uh, and, and taking an animal, hunting an animal successfully, legally hunting an animal successfully, and then being able to bring that animal home. So, their desire in that is to try to disincentivize or make it where you're unwilling to, do, to go do that because of a destabilization in the ability to bring that animal home. And so it is one more way in which the anti-hunting community is working against the legal hunting community and all of the contributions towards conservation to try to work around the system because they know that they cannot take your ability to go to some other destination, a way to hunt. They can't take that away, but what they can do is make it as difficult as possible and try to, to make
1: barriers and impose barriers so that you're unwilling to go. You, uh, in your recent international travels, uh, were in Switzerland and uh, CITES, an uh, international gathering that makes decisions on things like this or has in-depth conversation about things like this. I'm sure this was a hot topic.
6: It was yes, sir. So I was at uh, in Geneva at the CITES Animals Committee meeting 32, and uh, this is exactly one of the topics that's that's hotly debated, hotly contested. Uh, and obviously, the sustainable use community. Obviously, I was there uh, carrying the message of the hunter Conservationist forward, representing all of DSC members and beyond, our partners Conservation Force, and some of our European colleagues were there as well, um, and and providing fact into a conversation that is very convoluted from the other side with emotion and, and, and honestly, just disinformation. Um, and so we provided a lot of clarity to that discussion. Fortunately, the meetings were very productive, uh, week-long plus meetings, um, and uh, the hunting community actually gained some ground there. We certainly didn't lose any. Uh, but this is exactly the kind of discussion that takes place in those forums. Uh, and then we also see the anti-hunting community working through elected officials and which have like beliefs of them uh, in introducing legislation either in Finland or Europe or the UK or in Washington, D.C., in state levels like New York, New Jersey, um, in which they try to introduce uh, these pieces of legislation, and even California, not surprisingly, that would prohibit a hunter from bringing a legally taken animal back to his or her home state, which is, by the way, in violation of the Endangered Species Act. So it is federally illegal and those lawmakers know that, but they try it anyways.
1: Isn't that something? The lawmakers bending, twisting, ignoring the law for their own personal desires, basically, and that of their lobbyists. Well, we appreciate the fight. We appreciate what you, uh, what you do as Dallas Safari Club and the Foundation um, to defend our rights as hunters. And If somebody's sitting out there on the fence and they're thinking, why is this important? Why why is it important that these guys go to Canada and shoot a bear and bring him back up? Why is that important, Corey?
6: You know, that's a very fair question and one that I receive, and I I appreciate it because it means people are thinking about it. And from a very philosophical standpoint, number one, it really completely undermines the conservation underpinning that has funded the conservation model in North America – and all around the world, meaning someone, a third party, is trying to determine an individual's ability to participate in something of their own choosing that is legal within that country and legal within the United States, and because of philosophical differences, someone's trying to change your ability to do that, which then compromises the ability to support, uh, since 1937, the North American Wildlife Restoration Act, uh, contributing over one billion dollars a year to state game and fish agencies, and this isn't necessarily just a you know a charismatic megafauna species like an elephant or a leopard or an Argali species from Tajikistan. In the future, this could be something as simple as a wolf or a bear from Canada or a sheep from Mexico, and then that continues. And so, you know, it's sort of that death by a thousand cuts. The hunting community itself is is typically quite. Apathetic, meaning if it doesn't affect the individual, they're not necessarily too tuned in on it. Well, that's where the conversation starts. But in five years or 10 years or 15 years, then it could turn into something in which could affect that individual hunter. So the point is, is the entire hunting community needs to be aware of these threats because what affects one hunter
1: affects all hunters. I tell you what, the dollars, um, that are spent on a, on a hunt, on a trip, uh, and the percentage of that that goes toward um, the wildlife and the wild places far outweighs any contributions that we see from any other organization around the world. And uh, those dollars speak loud. Um, I, I've never told anyone uh, how to eat their tofu or don't eat your tofu. I, I don't like being told what to do, how to go about my business, or where to do my business, or don't do this or don't do that. And so it it just is a basic rub against me and what I feel about freedom. Um, And, again, I appreciate the good work that Dallas Safari Club and the Foundation uh, do to protect our rights. If we can take another little break, I want to come back and talk to you. Uh, This is the best topic of the whole conversation uh, today, Corey. (laughs) I want to talk to you about hunting mule deer. Do you you have time?
6: I'm always in for that, sir.
1: (laughs) Hang on just a minute. Thank you. This corner of the Cap House brought to you by the world's greatest dog fuel, and that is Purina Pro Plan. with all those great formulas. They've worked at it so hard so long to get it just right for your dog. There's a formula that specifically fits your dog, whether that's a puppy or a senior citizen that could use Added glucosamine in his or her diet to help with joints that don't work quite as well as they once did. Active dogs or couch potatoes? There's a Pro Plan formula specifically built for your dog at one of the coolest stores on planet Earth, Atwoods Ranch and Home Stores. Atwoods is in Oklahoma and Arkansas, Texas, Missouri, and Kansas. Pick up the Pro Plan at
0: Atwoods.
1: Hey, let's take a short coffee break, and then we'll meet right back here and go pattern some mule deer with Corey Mason, not only the CEO of the DSC, but a wildlife biologist and top-notch hunter as well.
5: This is professional hunter Ivan Carter with Kinder Outdoors.
1: When we're not on the road hunting or fishing America, Kinder Outdoors calls the vineyards, campground and cabins in Grapevine, Texas home. It has everything I need to prepare and broadcast coast to coast and border to border each week. Full hookups, cable TV and 50 amp service at every RV site. Strong Wi-Fi that's powerful enough to ship Kinder Outdoors to you no matter where you are in the U.S. or Canada. Most importantly, I can walk out of my fifth wheel and launch my boat at the vineyard's boat ramp without ever leaving the gated property. There's a sandy beach, a fully stocked camp store complete with firewood, groceries, and even commonly needed RV supplies. Rent a golf cart to make your way around this giant park located on the shores of Grapevine Lake, Texas. Every single cabin and RV is lakefront or lake view, and you're just blocks away from Main Street Grapevine with fantastic shopping and dining. As you can imagine, the vineyard's campground and cabin stays pretty busy, so why don't you block a little time right now? at VineyardsCampground.com.
4: The granddaddy of all hunting shows is back. The 2023 Hunters Extravaganza. August 18th through the 20th at the Freeman Coliseum Expo Hall. Fun for the whole family. Check out hunting seminars. All the latest hunting equipment. Last season's best box from our annual deer contest. And for the little hunters, games, live alligators, snakes, and more. For details of tickets, go to HuntersExtravaganza.com. August 18th through the 20th at the Freeman Coliseum Expo Hall. The 2023 hunters extravaganza
1: at marksman firearms and outfitters you'll find a large selection of firearms ammo optics and accessories buy sell or trade our mission is to guide and educate whether you're new to firearms or an experienced skilled shooter our knowledgeable staff and quality service are the best in the business military and first responders get a 10 percent discount and we offer free 90 day layaway Visit our Marksman stores in Granbury, Mansfield, Killeen, or Wichita Falls. Make your mark at Marksman. Ag Texas. The name itself says trust, honesty, strength, and tradition. Ag Texas has from the get-go been dedicated to the prosperity of agriculture and rural America. The Ag Texas family can help grow your herd or your operation. Give us a call and talk to Ag Texas pros about risk management in the form of crop insurance, protecting borrowed capital and savings. We specialize in everything from dairy cows to pecan trees and have the right financial tools and knowledge at Ag Texas to help you grow and grow safely. We can't tell you when it's going to rain again, but we can assure that your crop, your cows, your family, and the family land are secure and protected no matter the storm or the dry spell. We are Agriculture at Ag Texas, and we look forward to visiting with you. Ag Texas is at agtexas.com. And just down the road, the Wild Sheep Foundation. Our purpose sounds simple, to put and keep wild sheep on the mountain. But from where we stand to the top of the mountain is a challenging and exciting journey. To be successful, we support the top scientific minds in wildlife research. We tell the story and history of the wild sheep in North America to those around us, like you. And step by step, we protect and grow wild sheep populations. If not for the Wild Sheep Foundation, more than $115 million in care, concern, and conservation work would not have happened over the past 40 years. Important work that has seen our wild sheep populations grow from 25,000 or so in the 1950s to more than 85,000 today. Learn more about the worldwide leader in wild sheep conservation. Secure a membership. Attend a banquet. Bid on an auction item. Make an impact on top of the mountain. WildSheepFoundation.org.
0: we give thanks to God above for his blessing on our rights to hunt, fish, and fill our freezers with healthy protein. We celebrate that in this camp house at Kinder Outdoors.
1: I know a lot of people escape uh, just horrible heat. Places like Texas, Louisiana, Arkansas, Florida, a lot of places down south. Uh, This time of year, escape the heat. And make a little run to Montana with the fly rod. Go up there and stand in a cool mountain stream and catch a few trout. Well, guess what? Uh, They've been experiencing drought and excessive heat in Montana as well. And uh, things are a little stressful up there on the fish right now. They still want you to come. You can uh, go to Montana and fish. But we need to be careful about how and where we go about that fishing expedition coming up after the top of the hour we're going to visit with Dylan Tabish with Montana Fish Wildlife and Parks he's going to kind of help us make some smart decisions when it comes to fishing Montana in August right now though I want to carry on my conversation with Corey Mason the CEO of the Dallas Safari Club and the Dallas Safari Club Foundation Corey thank you very much for uh, all the time I really appreciate this And not only are you the CEO of DSC and the DSCF, but uh, anywhere we see your signature, on any official document, any press release, anything that goes out, not only does, uh, does it list your title as Executive Director, but just beneath that is Wildlife Biologist. That's what you were born to do. That's what God made you to do. And I know that you really love... That being a big part of your life,
6: I do. You know, being raised in a farming, ranching community, stewardship of our natural resources, outdoor way of life, soil and groundwater conservation—it's the way I was raised, uh, and it's what I chose to pursue from a profession standpoint, and through college, and then into my professional time working for the State Game and Fish Agency, and now here at DSC, it is—it's the fabric of my being. It is, Billy.
1: And something else about you that a lot of people may not know, you actually guided uh, in rough country for mule deer for uh, a number of years. Uh, and I want to talk to you a little bit about mule deer. You know, I've hunted whitetail deer all of my life. Not, I'm not a mule deer guy. I didn't grow up in that part of the country. But you talk about rugged, desert, high mountain terrain different than, than my whitetail properties that I've hunted all my life. So I'm thinking summertime scouting is going to be a whole lot different too. If you were guiding for mule deer this fall, what would you be doing as a guide right now to to kind of set up set yourself up for success? Absolutely.
6: They are such a fun animal to hunt, you know, from an animal that lives from the uh the high deserts all the way to, you know, above timberline. They're a they're a really interesting animal and an animal that migrates, which is really cool as well and those high country mule deer at least when I say that, you know, if I'm getting ready for the mule deer hunting season, I'm doing a few things. Uh, I'm, I'm looking at, uh, um, obviously the deer are in bachelor herds this time of year, you know, so I'm, I'm laying eyes over lots of country. Uh depends on where it might be, if it's mule deer range and has some agricultural crops in that area. Uh, I'm looking at those food sources like that to find big concentrations deer, of deer to see what, what those deer are looking like right now, you know, what a mature buck is looking like, how to set expectations and then, watching those deer as they're moving into the trees. If I'm looking in high country right now, hunting really high out of the act country, um, it, it's just a lot of time with glasses, uh, figuring out where those deer are, knowing where water is in that country, uh, not necessarily hunting over water, but knowing it's going to influence their movements. Uh, they're a fascinating animal and an animal that moves tremendous distances, Billy. And so you got to be mobile to hunt mule
1: deer in that country. So if you spot uh, a deer that you'd really like to pay attention to this fall, if you spot him right now, how in the world are you going to keep up with him, keep track of him uh, when it's time to to get back up there in the mountains in November?
6: Yeah, that's a good question. You know, really, the best thing you can do is just try to spend some time and learn how those deer are using that country. Learn what what they're feeding on right now by just observing uh, and watching where they're bedding and when you go back, and it's a month or two months, if you're, you know, maybe you're a Texan or someone from Oklahoma and you're going out to Colorado or New Mexico, uh, you know, the, the odds of finding that particular deer aren't really high. But when you learn that deer's movements, your chances are much better than if you just show up blind and you just walk out on the mountain and see what you see the first day. So, you know, putting in the time, it doesn't guarantee success but it certainly guarantees you a better chance of finding that type deer or understanding how mature animals are using that food source in those mountains. And so you have a pretty good chance of finding another mature
1: deer. Food, water, cover. All critters, including us, food, water, cover, right? <laughs> That's right. That's exactly right. You know, listening to you talk, uh, Corey, about patterning these mule deer a little bit, uh, it sound, you sound like an elk cutter. It's very similar. It is very similar, you know, and and there's some obviously similar
6: range use there, Uh, but, uh, you know, another ingredient to that, too, is, is understanding how other hunters will use those hunting units as well, you know, and understanding how their hunting pressure, what are easy access points for the general public to come into an area to hunt, which means it'll probably be a pretty high concentration of hunters there, which means... I'm going to put the pack on and put a few extra pounds in, and I'm going to keep walking. I'm going to keep walking past everybody else and, and find those deer in those a little bit harder-to-reach places.
1: Yep, and that's the key with everything. Put a little more elbow grease into it, outwork uh, outwork the next guy. Um, I just returned from uh, the Cebola National Forest and the Gila Mountains and the Zuni, or the, uh, Zuni Mountains and uh, that really beautiful part of uh, southwestern western or south cent- or central, western central uh, New Mexico, and I saw some uh, mule deer, and they always just fascinate me because I'm a whitetail guy. Like I said before, I grew up amongst the whitetail so they really fascinate me. On the table, are they similar to a whitetail or a little different?
6: You know, they're quite different, and I've had mule deer that, that uh, are quite different from each other even. You know, uh, more high country mule deer, and then some of the some of those deer that are out uh, utilizing some more lower country and ag fields as well. So and I've also taken some deer in that sagebrush, kind of really rust country, and they certainly have a unique flavor as well. So I enjoy mule deer a lot, but I will say that it's more gamey or meat, generally speaking, than a whitetail.
1: Ah, okay. So when you kill your mule deer for uh, for home consumption, uh, do you let him hang a little longer, do anything special, or it is what it is and we're we're going to the freezer? <laughs> yeah i'm i'm a fan if it's a white
6: or elk or mule deer or whatever it is but i like those animals to, to age a bit as well to break some of that muscle tissue down and just provide some of that uh, that softness to it as well so
1: i'm a, i'm a fan of that in general cory mason is a uh, wildlife biologist he is the ceo of the dallas safari club and the dallas safari club foundation he's also a pretty good old boy a uh, good friend of mine and always enjoyed my visits with you Corey. just one more time a reminder. The 2024 upcoming, this coming January, Dallas Safari Club Convention and Sporting Expo is in Dallas. It is in Dallas. Yes, sir. We look forward to seeing everybody there. Okay, and then we're going to move to Atlanta for five years, and who knows what the future holds after that. Corey, thank you so much for the time. You've been very generous with me. I appreciate it. Thank you for having me, Billy. Always great to visit with you. What a great guy from me. Dave and I met Corey Mason. I've always said this about him, that he is comfortable sitting around the Cracker Barrel down at the feed store or seated in front of Congress. He's a sharp gentleman and a tremendous communicator, a loyal friend, and I appreciate him. Before we take a little break, I want to let you know that Joey Sifuentes III came up with a five-pound smallmouth bass last weekend on Lake St. Clair, That sealed the deal for him, and he won his second big blue trophy on the Bassmaster Elite Series. He's only a rookie first year on the Elite Series for the Arkansas Angler, and, of course, another big fat $100,000 check. Luke Palmer, Colgate, Oklahoma, finished second. Taku Ito, Chiba, Japan, third. Out of Bowmanville, Ontario, Canada, Cooper Gallant was fourth, and Brian Schmidt, Deal, Maryland rounded out the top five. This is Eddie Salter. And when I'm not in the great outdoors, I'm thinking about it with Kendra Outdoors.
0: Tis the season to be jolly. Deer season, turkey season, dove season, duck season, season backstrap. Come on in to the Kinder Outdoors Camp House.
1: On the shores of beautiful Great Grind Lake, Texas, at the Vineyards Camp and Cabins, our home away from home, our base camp, hanging out for the summer at the Vineyards. I highly recommend you carve out a little vineyard time for your family. Uh, maybe bring the bass boat out with your buddy. They've got an, their own private boat ramp. You can stay in the cabins here and uh, take advantage of that uncrowded boat ramp and uh, boat trailer parking while you're here. The weather has been brutal. 106, 107, 108 every day this past week just burning up. And they're hot up in Montana, too. Drought is wreaking havoc on some of their waterways, and I want to talk to Dylan Tavish about that. He's with Montana Fish, Wildlife, and Parks. Thanks for joining us, Dylan. Hey, thank you. I appreciate you having me. Sometimes water gets a little scarce, even in Montana, and you're seeing that now with uh, some of your streams and rivers, especially in the northwest.
2: Yeah, unfortunately, up here in northwest Montana, we are, are experiencing severe drought conditions. Uh, we've been lucky for for a long time that the drought has gone just about everywhere but here, but unfortunately, it's our turn to... To deal with drought and so we had below average winter snowpack this last winter and then our spring runoff just came and went in a flat and then to just make matters worse we've had above average hot dry summer conditions so unfortunately the stars aligned and, and all the boxes that lead to drought got checked up here and so now what we're dealing with is our river flows in the north south and middle forks of the Flathead River which is our biggest river basin up here those are running at about a third of average for this time of year. So they are way down. Um our streams are just they are down to, you know, not a trickle, but they are way down. And so what happens obviously when we get less water is those water temperatures start to increase. And up here we're home to some really important native trout species, particularly west slope cutthroat trout and bull trout. And those are the those native trout species really don't do well in warm water conditions. So that's what we're, we're worried about and keeping an eye on.
1: Yeah, and there are certain things you guys do in Montana that uh, kind of protect those trout, protect the fish a little bit more through this hot weather and hot water. One of those is hoot Restrictions. Explain that. What what does that mean? Hoot owl restrictions.
2: Yeah. Well, I wish I knew where the name originated from because it is kind of an interesting name. But essentially, what hoot owl fishing restrictions are is it prohibits fishing during the hottest parts of the day. So that's two p.m. to midnight up here. So we have sections of river across Montana that, on an annual basis, when we get into the the hardest summer, we implement hoot owl restrictions on sections of rivers, and that's to basically take that fishing pressure off those fish during the most stressful times of day. So from 2 p.m. to midnight, fishermen can't fish those sections of water that have hoot owl restrictions. And like I said, some rivers, that's just kind of an annual thing where we're used to hitting those temperatures and that's when the the fish get extra stressed and we say, hey, let's back off a little bit and fishermen maybe don't fish during that heat of day because it really adds that stress onto those trout and, and other fish species. Um so that 's yeah. normal in some parts of the state it 's not yeah. normal in Northwest Montana. We have never had hoot owl restrictions on the Flathead River, but we 're looking at it potentially now and so we haven 't implemented anything, but we are starting the conversation for the first time ever.
1: Hoot owl restrictions on some of your waters and then some other waters complete closure
2: yeah, unfortunately, we do have some sections uh a river that are seeing complete closures we We just actually announced. Uh, over in Western and Southwestern Montana, some fishing closures um, on stretches of the Madison River um we've got stretches of, like rattlesneak creek uh, on the Clark fork River uh those are areas near Missoula and bozeman uh that the, the conditions are bad enough that they're just saying hey it's a full fishing closure now it's not just Hoda you know that two to midnight closure it's a full blown fishing closure for the
1: time being. Dylan Tavish is with uh, Montana. Uh, fish wildlife and parks tell me uh, this dylan because we're you know we're still going to fish even with the restrictions we're going to fish right so yeah what can we do what are some things we can do to help uh, those fish swim away when we've had our picture made and and help them survive another day and another hot day
2: yeah well we're asking fishermen uh to just maybe self-regulate a little bit don't fish during that hottest part of the day even if hoot owl restrictions aren't yet in place like in the flathead we're saying hey maybe let's just back off during that hottest part of the day that's a big step you can take right there self-regulating a little bit during the hottest part of the day but in other parts of the if you're going to be fishing in the morning you still want to try to land the fish quickly you know don't play with it on the line for a long time that can really wear fish down Uh, and then you catch a fish you bring it in try to keep it in his water the water as much as possible so if you're going to take it out to get your photo. That's great, but man, try to do it as quickly as you can. Keep your hands wet. Keep that fish wet. Um, That's a really big way to kind of reduce that stress. You get those fish out of water. They start drying up real quick. It's not good for those fish. That can lead to mortality or disease really quickly on those fish. And then obviously removing the hook gently. That's, that goes without saying. It makes sense. But in general, um, Maybe look for some uh, fishing areas in less stressful temperatures and conditions. Maybe find some larger lakes or reservoirs, give our streams and rivers a break for now, or go up into those higher elevation water bodies. Uh, we got a lot of high elevation streams and rivers and lakes that are great fishing, where the conditions aren't as bad as they are down here in these lower elevation spots, where the temperatures and the stream flows are pretty bad.
1: Dylan Tavish with Montana Fish, Wildlife, and Parks. Appreciate you, Dylan. Thank you. Hey, thank you, Billy. Appreciate you getting out the, the word. This corner of the camp house at Kinder Outdoors is brought to you by Purina Pro Plan, the world's greatest dog fuel. I'm Larry Potterfield with Midway USA, and when I'm not in the great outdoors, I'm always thinking about it
6: with Kinder Outdoors.
1: John Payne and his Tejas Ranch Fence Company know that there's no cookie-cutter approach. Every job, every ranch, every lay of land is unique and custom.
3: We're able to take a look at the owner's intent, the individual characteristics of the property, and really come up with a solution that works for them. We've got a
6: great team here that has a passion for what we do. Your land, our passion. We love bringing out the best in your property. TejasRanchFence.com ranchfence.com
1: Introducing Canyon Valley Provisions Raising cattle in West Texas for five generations.
4: The granddaddy of all hunting shows is back. The 2023 Hunters Extravaganza, August 4th through the 6th at the NRG Center. Fun for the whole family. Check out hunting seminars, all the latest hunting equipment, last season's best box from our annual deer contest, and for the little hunters, games, live alligators, snakes, and more. For details and tickets, go to Huntersextravaganza.com. August 4th through the 6th at the NRG Center, the 2023 Hunter's Extravaganza.
1: The Tournament by Ken Kirkaby. Get it on Amazon. Dove hunting in Argentina is well documented, but as my friends at JJ Caseria, Cordoba Doves will tell you, the duck hunting is unmatched anywhere in the world. Lane Balky is the U.S. representative for JJ Casseria.
0: The duck
7: lodge uh, is in Corrientes, we shoot 30 ducks in the morning and 10 Purdy's in the afternoon. We have 11 different species of ducks. We have a duck season from the 15th of April to the 31st of August.
1: You are assured before you ever leave American soil that you're going to feel welcome and at home when you hunt with your new friends at J.J.
0: Caseria.
7: Our lives is beautiful. It's four years old. It has 10 double bedrooms, all with private baths, all heated and air conditioned. Uh, It's very comfortable. We don't put on air, so you'll feel as relaxed in the lodge as you do in your living room.
1: Hunt world-class doves and ducks in Argentina. Plan next year now by visiting cordobadoves.com.
8: My name is Jose Grasso, the owner of J.J. Caceria. Can see me in Argentina.
0: Smells like fish in here, and we're proud of it. Welcome to Camp at Kinder Outdoors.
1: If it smells like fish in here, it's because we caught them at night. <laughs> it's hot. This corner of the camp house brought to you by my friends at Purina Pro Plan. I have fed Pro Plan Performance Formula in the purple sport bag uh, to my hard-working bird dogs for uh, ever since Pro Plan became Pro Plan. 30% protein and 20% fat. Great fuel for your hard working dogs, even in the hot summertime. Yes, it's a hot fuel, but you cut back. You only feed about half of what you would normally feed in the winter in the cooler months. They're not using as much. Pick up the Pro Plan today at Atwood's Ranch and Home Stores. <laughs> One of the biggest conservation organizations uh, on planet Earth uh, made major news a week ago when they announced that they're moving their annual convention. It's been in the same area for nearly four decades, but they're going to have to move. And I wanted Corey Mason, uh, the CEO of the Dallas Safari Club and the Dallas Safari Club Foundation, to join me on the show today and talk about that a little bit. I greatly appreciate it, friend. Thank you for being here with me, Corey.
6: Billy, it is great to be with you, sir. Thank you for having me.
1: It is good to uh, have you with us, as always. I know that you're suffering from some severe jet lag. You've been all over the globe for about a month solid uh, handling the duties of DSC and the DSC Foundation, and uh, we greatly appreciate your your hard work there. But, hey, some big news. Uh, breaking from Dallas Safari Club, uh, Convention and Expo is forced to make a move because of Future construction in downtown Dallas at K Bailey Hutchison. Fill us in on what's going on.
6: Yeah, I appreciate that. It is, it is big news. It's big news for the organization, for our exhibitor partners, and certainly for our very loyal attendee base. suite. you know, Dallas has held an event here for roughly 40 years in the Dallas area proper. In the last 14 years at the K Bailey Hutchison Convention Center, and it's been. Wonderful, wonderful event in this coming year, and uh, 24-hour event will be there. Uh, but uh, now we look a little further in the clock, we were notified um, just a few months ago that uh, the convention center will be uh, undertaking a very serious renovation, meaning deconstruction and reconstruction, that will result in the removal of the halls as we know them. Now, we were aware of some construction, but their construction plans change, which then means we have to respond to that. So uh, ultimately the space in which we use will not be available. So we then started a a statewide basically tour and review of looking at every facility in the state of Texas, everything from AT&T Stadium to Waco, Austin, Houston, San Antonio, I mean everything in the DFW area. Um, and uh, didn't have the size or date availability, so we, we uh, launched out to a national search. And after a very extensive search with lots of different criteria, Atlanta, Georgia will be the home beginning in 2025 for five years until we return back to
1: Dallas. We want to be very clear that uh, DSC Convention and Sporting Expo 2024 will be at the K-Bailey Hutchison in Dallas this coming January, just like it has been for 14 years, Correct. That's correct. Yes, sir. We'll be here in
6: January, and I think it will be an, an absolute bash. Uh, and there'll be 25 that will make the move uh, to Atlanta. Yes, sir. Yep,
1: 25 through 29. I'm sure that you have received a lot of phone calls, a lot of emails, people saying everything from way to go to are you crazy.
10: Uh,
1: <laughs> I know some of the smartest folks I know are Dallas Safari Club uh, 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 policymakers. And I know that this has been very well researched. You guys have tossed and turned and, and made a gut wrenching decision.
6: It was a very difficult decision, uh, whenever we were confronted with the fact that, uh, you know, we were ultimately, we had no choice. We had to find a new home for five years and wanting to, uh, to stay here in Texas was our most sincere desire and we tried and we looked and we looked and we looked and we had, uh, professionals from a review, uh, perspective looking for, uh, all the facilities, uh, and they're just not available here with what we needed in a data availability. So when we undertook this national search, we fully understood the ramifications, to your point, Billy, of people that are saying, are you crazy, to on the other end of, this is an absolute fantastic growth opportunity for DSC and everything in between. And We've received a number of calls with everything in between, and uh, uh, and it's been interesting because the folks that you know then immediately fire off the cuff, well, there's a there's a, you know there's a event space in Fort Worth. Why didn't you even consider that? It's like, well, you know, if you slow down and let me give you the uh, the tour here, let you know that we did. And by the way, Fort Worth is under construction starting next year, and so was Austin. And so you know, you have these discussions, and people quickly get to the same. Um, end result that we did that Atlanta's the best place in the country. you know when you look at three plus million sportsmen buying hunting license in those immediate states around there that uh, it is a great recipe with the most with the busiest international airport in the world there, so it can accommodate all of our international exhibitors, many of them that come to Dallas fly through atlanta uh, so um, when you when you really look at all those ingredients that ultimately result in the recipe of a great convention. All of those ingredients are there, and it will be a great convention. There's no doubt about it, and then we have the opportunity to, to maintain a Texas presence in the summer as well with another event that we're going to hold.
1: Yeah, and I want to talk about that, too. The Dallas Safari Club Foundation has been uh, hosting a banquet now for two or three years, and it's gone very well, but it's been a banquet only. And that is about to blossom and grow into something that we're all familiar with and that we've seen DSC uh, do at the K. Billy Hutchinson for years. It's about to become a very similar summer event uh, compared to what we've seen in January from DSC. If I'm not wrong, am I right?
6: You're right on, Billy. Uh, It's going to be an event that we're narrowing down right now between a couple of facilities, and it's going to be that June-July timeframe again, starting in 2025, uh, so that our exhibitor partners can maintain that presence in in front of our great, great loyal exhibitors. Excuse me, attendees here in the Texas and surrounding states as well and then now we'll have others fly in from around the country. And we envision that right now. We already had great interest from our exhibitor partners from the announcement last week. Um, we're going to have a, several hundred exhibitors there, and it's going to be a focus on the exhibition, getting our attendees in front of our great exhibitor partners with products, services, hunts, you know, everything in between, and uh, and then ultimately, it'll be likely all day Friday, all day Saturday, and Saturday night will be the foundation gator that you mentioned there, Billy. It's going to be a great
7: time.
1: Yeah, and there are going to be evening events. Um, there there are going to be a lot of things that you see that you're accustomed to, that it's going to feel like putting on that comfortable pair of jeans uh, when Dallas Safari Club does this uh, at uh, whatever location that turns out to be, and we'll be all over over that uh, gathering information uh, for you. Corey, if you can hang on for just a minute, I want to talk to you a little bit more about uh, importing um, animal skins, animal trophies from around the world and why some people don't want to see that happen and what the hoopla is there. Can you hang on? Yes, sir. Looking forward to it. Corey Mason, CEO of the Dallas Safari Club and the Dallas Safari Club Foundation. We'll be back with more from Corey a little later and we're going to go mule deer hunting with him Uh, Later this hour, he is is a seasoned professional, uh, great hunter, all-around hunter, but spent a lot of years chasing mule deer in rough country. We're going to talk to Corey about how to go about scouting those mule deer right now in the heat of summer. Uh, I'm going to do my best to get Brian Lynn from the Sportsmen's Alliance uh, on the show with us next week. Uh, The Biden administration this past week uh, has tried to cancel hunter education and archery funding in our schools and in any any place that the federal government funds that they're trying to do away with it and uh it's not that's just not good so we're going to talk to uh, brian lynn on the show next week got both fingers crossed got fingers crossed on both hands that we can get brian in here with us next week from the sportsmen's alliance let's grab a cup of coffee this corner of the Camp House brought to you by Purina Pro Plan and all those great formulas. There's a formula that's built specifically for your dog, no matter the age or the lifestyle.
7: I'm Daniel Schneider, Major United States Air Force
1: from Chicago, Illinois.
5: I'm Don Schneider, Petty Officer Third Class, United States Navy from South Bend, Indiana. And, and I pledge allegiance to, to the, the flag, flag of the United States, States of, America of America and to the, the Republic, Republic
4: for which it stands,
5: stands. One nation, under God, indivisible,
4: with liberty and justice for all.
1: U.S. Highway 287 carries elk hunters and fly fishers, snow skiers and bird dog chasers. 72-ounce steak eaters, varied Cadillac picture-takers, antelopers, prairie doggers, and rattlesnakers. The Herdware Store sits on Highway 287 near Goodnight, Texas. Now, only 18 people live around here, so to keep the lights turned on, we need you 287 travelers to stop by. Come in out of the weather and take a look at the most unique store between the Gulf and Pacific coasts. One-of-a-kind artwork, jewelry, knives, and more. Get off the beach and into the action. Enjoy world-class Costa Rican sport fishing with sea Sport Fishing. Marlin, sailfish, roosterfish, and more. Inshore, offshore, overnight, seamounts. sea Sport Fishing will work with your group to customize the perfect trip. Half day, full day, every day. Your next getaway is the best ever. Take a look at catchafishincostarica.com. Catch a fish in Costa Rica.
4: The granddaddy of all hunting shows is back. The 2023 Hunter's Extravaganza, August 11th through the 13th at the Fort Worth Convention Center. Fun for the whole family. Check out hunting seminars, all the latest hunting equipment, last season's best bucks from our annual deer contest. And for the little hunters, games, live alligators, snakes, and more. For details and tickets, go to Hunter'sExtravaganza.com. August 11th and 13th at the Fort Worth Convention Center, the 2023 Hunter's Extravaganza.
1: You know, as bird hunters and bird dog owners, we've seen our wild bird hunting opportunities dwindle in recent years. And if you, like me, don't want to kennel your bird dog in the spring just to let him hibernate till fall, then you should take a long look at the world's largest field trial organization, the National Shoot to Retrieve Association, or Nastra. This was the very idea of Nastra's founding fathers back in the 1960s. They wanted to extend time in the field with the dogs that they loved. And it must have been a pretty good idea, because over the years, many thousands of men, women, teens, and families have enjoyed participating in Nastra field trials. All pointing breeds are welcome, and there's no need to be intimidated. NASTRA sponsors over 1,000 field trials across the U.S. and Canada each year. It's at these trials where your dog can earn his NASTRA championship, qualify for entry into your regional championship, and NASTRA's five national championships. Take a look at our website, nstra.org, and consider visiting a local trial. We look forward to meeting you. There's a place I love to go in the pristine Texas Hill Country that features first-class lodging, outstanding cuisine, world-class wing shooting, the best free-range access deer hunting in the world, my favorite, by the way, plus native whitetails tails and turkey, and some of the most comfortable hosts that you've ever enjoyed. Don't forget to throw in the fly rod. You'll want to experience the crystal clear waters of Joshua Creek and the Guadalupe River. Rolling hills and Texas live oaks, friendly smiles, and spring-fed waters, Orvis, and Beretta agree that Joshua Creek is one of the finest hunting and shooting ranches in existence. And I think you will, too. You won't find a prettier place to get married. And our staff and facilities will make your corporate event, family reunion, or private party turnkey and the best you'll ever experience. Joshua Creek Ranch in the historic Texas Hill Country between San Antonio and Fredericksburg. Want to go? Of course you do. JoshuaCreek.com
11: Every animal that has ever roamed this planet was designed as hunted or hunter, predator or prey. We are hunters. If it were ever necessary, even the strictest vegan would return to the wild, driven to survive by the instincts of his ancestors. Those who hide behind the soft delusion of their own
1: ignorance, Do so from within a civilization whose very being costs
11: the lives of countless creatures every single day. Death is an undeniable fuel of life. This is the undeniable truth of existence. To live in balance with the planet that sustains us, we must admit and embrace the nature within us. Trust the hunter in your blood.
0: Hunters and fishermen are the backbone of conservation. Because you participate in the outdoors, our fish and wildlife, and the places they inhabit, flourish. Thank you from all of us in the camp house at Kinder Outdoors.
1: A lot of people have older dogs, and it just really hurts us to see them suffer with joint pain. Try Purina Pro Plan. With added glucosamine for our older dogs, added glucosamine for joint health. Make the switch and just watch. Watch your dog. See what happens over the next few weeks. Purina Pro Plan. You're going to find it at Atwoods Ranch and Home Stores. If there's a issue that concerns the conservation, outdoor hunting, fishing world, uh, Dallas Safari Club will be at the forefront of that conversation, and they'll be there defending your rights and mine, whether you're a DSC member or not. I am a life member of the Dallas Safari Club. Corey Mason is the CEO of the Dallas Safari Club and the DSC Foundation. Corey, thanks for uh, hanging on. I really appreciate this. Thank you. Yes, sir. Happy to be here. Imports uh, keeps popping up um, uh, in the headlines uh, and a lot of people are battling against Us bringing a trophy back. If I go shoot an impala or whatever, does that does that impact that that impact? What what is all this talk? We hear headlines, see headlines. Give us the meat of the story. What is the the crux of this?
6: Yeah, it's a great question, Billy, and one that that more hunters are sort of seeing in front of them. It's something that it might not even have to be an international destination. It could be something as local as Canada, if you will, or Mexico as well for the North American hunter. And so. Really what the, the heart of this is, is the anti-hunting community, being those of like the Born Free Center for Biological Diversity, Humane Societies, etc. It is their attempt, uh, to prohibit the hunter, uh, from going abroad, uh, going internationally, uh, and, and taking an animal, hunting an animal successfully, legally hunting an animal successfully, and then being able to bring that animal home. So, Their desire in that is to try to disincentivize or make it where you're unwilling to to go do that because of a destabilization in the ability to bring that animal home. And so it is one more way in which the anti-hunting community is working against the legal hunting community and all of the contributions towards conservation to try to work around the system because they know – that they cannot take your ability to go to some other destination away to hunt. They can't take that away. But what they can do is make it as difficult as possible and try to to make barriers and impose barriers so that
1: you're unwilling to go. You, uh, in your recent international travels, uh, were in Switzerland and uh, CITES, an international gathering that makes decisions on things like this or has in-depth conversation about things like this. I'm sure this was a hot topic.
6: It was, yes sir. So I was at,
1: uh, in Geneva at the CITES
6: Animals Committee Meeting 32, and, uh, this is exactly one of the topics that's, that's hotly debated, hotly contested, uh, and obviously the sustainable use community. Obviously I was there, uh, carrying the message of the Hunter Conservationist Board, representing all of DSC members and beyond our partners conservation force and some of our European colleagues were there as well, um, and, and providing fact into a conversation that is very convoluted from the other side with emotion and, and, and honestly just disinformation. Um, and so we provided a lot of clarity to that discussion. Fortunately, the meetings were very productive, uh, week-long plus meetings, um, and uh, the hunting community actually gained some ground there. We certainly didn't lose any. Uh, but this is exactly the kind of discussion that takes place in those forums. Uh, and then we also see the anti-hunting community Working through elected officials and which have like beliefs of them uh, in introducing legislation either in Finland or Europe or the UK or in Washington DC and state levels like New York, New Jersey, um, in which they try to introduce uh, these pieces of legislations and even California, not surprisingly, that would prohibit a hunter from bringing a legally taken animal back to his or her home state, which is, by the way in violation of the Endangered Species Act. So it is federally illegal and those lawmakers
1: know that, but they try it anyways. Isn't that something? The lawmakers bending, twisting, ignoring the law for their own personal desires, basically, and that of their lobbyists. Well, we appreciate the fight. We appreciate what you, uh, what you do as Dallas Safari Club and the Foundation um, to defend our rights as hunters. And If somebody's sitting out there on the fence and they're thinking, why is this important? Why why is it important that these guys go to Canada and shoot a bear and bring him back up? Why why is that important, Corey? You know, that's
6: a very fair question and one that I receive, and I I appreciate it because it means people are thinking about it. And from a very philosophical standpoint, number one, it really completely undermines the conservation underpinning that has funded the conservation model in North America – and all around the world, meaning someone, a third party, is trying to determine an individual's ability to participate in something of their own choosing that is legal within that country and legal within the United States, and because of philosophical differences, someone's trying to change your ability to do that, which then compromises the ability to support, uh, since 1937, the North American Wildlife Restoration Act, uh, contributing over one billion dollars a year to state game and fish agencies, and this isn't necessarily just a you know a charismatic megafauna species like an elephant or a leopard or an Argali species from Tajikistan. In the future, this could be something as simple as a wolf or a bear from Canada or a sheep from Mexico, and then that continues. And so, you know, it's sort of that death by a thousand cuts. The hunting community itself is is typically quite. Apathetic, meaning if it doesn't affect the individual, they're not necessarily too tuned in on it. Well, that's where the conversation starts. But in five years or 10 years or 15 years, then it could turn into something in which could affect that individual hunter. So the point is, is the entire hunting community needs to be aware of these
1: threats because what affects one hunter affects all hunters. I tell you what, the dollars um, that are spent on a, on a hunt, on a trip, Uh, And the percentage of that that goes toward um, the wildlife and the wild places far outweighs any contributions that we see from any other organization around the world. And uh, those dollars speak loud. Um, I've never told anyone uh, how to eat their tofu or don't eat your tofu. I, I don't like being told what to do, how to go about my business, or where to do my business, or don't do this or don't do that. And so it it just is a basic rub against me and what I feel about freedom. Um, And, again, I appreciate the good work that Dallas Safari Club and the Foundation uh, do to protect our rights. If we can take another little break, I want to come back and talk to you. Uh, This is the best topic of the whole conversation uh, today, Corey. I want to talk to you about hunting mule deer. Do you you have time?
6: I'm always in for that, sir. (laughs)
1: Hang on just a minute. Thank you. I mentioned a little earlier that if, hey, we smell like fish in here, it's because we've been fishing at night. It's too hot to get out and go. Uh, during the day in a lot of instances but something else you can do and it requires that you go at night to be successful anyway is frog digging when's the last time you went out and caught a sack full of frogs a delicacy here's our camp house cook and master chef john bonnell with a nice chest full of frog
0: legs
8: mmm Frog is as fine as it gets when it's fresh and when it's great. If you've got a batch of frog legs, don't monkey with them too much. My favorite way to do it is to let them sit in a soak of buttermilk with a few shots of hot sauce. Give it at least an hour or two. Pull it out of there. Dredge it in flour that's seasoned with at least salt and pepper. You can go more complex if you want. Fry them right up. Crispy on the outside, the buttermilk and flour get together to make a nice coating. Frog legs are just as tender and juicy and beautiful as wild game ever gets. Why are we going to put these frog legs
1: in the uh, milk, in the buttermilk, and hot sauce for an hour to an hour and a half?
8: Well, if you've got any kind of wild flavors in there at all or any blood left at all, the, the buttermilk really helps to kind of leach some of that out. And then the buttermilk itself works together with the flour to create the perfect crust. It's one of my favorite ways to do oysters, to do shrimp, crawfish calamari, frog legs, soak them in buttermilk. It helps kind of get some of the flavors uh, you know mellowed out a little bit and then the buttermilk and the flour together really work to make that great golden crust.
4: The granddaddy of all hunting shows is back. The 2023 Hunter's Extravaganza, August 18th through the 20th at the Freeman Coliseum Expo Hall. Fun for the whole family. Check out hunting seminars, all the latest hunting equipment, last season's best bucks from our annual deer contest, and for the little hunters, games, live alligators, snakes, and more. For details and tickets, go to huntersextravaganza.com. August 18th through the 20th at the Freeman Coliseum Expo Hall. The 2023 Hunter's Extravaganza.
1: When you drop your wild game off at Cinnamon Creek Ranch Wild Game Processing, go
3: ahead, order up your ground meat and breakfast sausage. But don't stop there. We worked on a taco meat for three years to where women and kids would eat it, and a chili that we make now where you just take these things home and just throw them in a crock pot or fry them in a pan and they're ready to go. Our tamales are probably hands down to anyone's. They're double meat and, you know, masa and they're simple and they're and they're we just can't make them fast enough they're fully cooked all you got to do is poke two or three holes in the bag that we give them to you in and throw them in the microwave for three and a half minutes aside, and it's like we just pulled them out of our steamer the day we made them
1: these items have become staples in our home robin's favorite is the taco meat i'm partial to the tamales and what a feast when we put it all together for friends and family Cinnamon Creek Wild Game Processing, just north of Fort Worth, about a mile from Cabela's as the crow flies. CinnamonCreekRanch.com. At Marksman Firearms and Outfitters, they believe the customer deserves a place to go that offers the largest variety at reasonable prices, with staff that's truly knowledgeable and always puts the customer first. Military and first responders get a 10% discount, and we offer 90-day layaway, same as cash. To stay up to date on the latest products, news, events, and more, Follow Marksman on Facebook and Marksman of Texas on Instagram. For more info, go to MarksmanFirearms.com. Make your mark at Marksman.
11: Crappie anglers, tired of tying knots? Hey, Wally Marshall, Mr. Crappie here to tell you about the all-new a Hook by Bullet Weights. The a Hook is designed to put a hook on your line without using any knots or cutting your line. Hold the add-a-hook next to your fishing line, then wrap the line five times around each side, pull your line into the clips, and bam, you're ready to go, and it will not slip. I can tie a double crappie rig in 30 seconds, when it takes up to six minutes to tie one with all the knots. Add-a-hook is made of stainless steel, no rust, flexible, and tough. Mr. Crappie and Bullet Weights has made it better, faster, and easier for crappie fishermen to get back in the water catching more crappie than ever. Bullet Weights has a full line of Mr. Crappie double metal rigs for trolling and vertical fishing. The Mr. Crappie Troll Check rigs are designed to troll in shallow waters and heavy cover, keeping two baits close together without hanging up. Also, don't forget Mr. Crappie Slow Troll and Double Drop Crappie Rigs. Pre-tied with number two hooks, double swivel weights, and eight-pound line. Tie one on today. Look us up at bulletweights.com.
7: Life is better outdoors. Relax and find your space at the beautiful Vineyards Campground and Cabins on Grapevine Lake. Well known for its peaceful setting, lovely grounds, lakefront views, and accommodating Texas friendly staff. Our full hookup sites can accommodate all bus or RV sizes and offer 50 amp service, many spacious pull throughs, cable TV, and lightning fast Wi Fi. Our fully furnished cabins make it easy to feel miles away without actually roughing it. Enjoy a partially shaded private beach large playground, fishing pier, water sport rentals, hiking trails, and more. The on-site camp store offers a wide selection of camping supplies, groceries, and gifts. Our landmark pavilion is perfect for your next reunion, rally, or wedding. You'll feel miles away from everything when you're only minutes from anything. Check out historic downtown Grapevine with various entertainment venues, large festivals and events, restaurants, wineries, shopping, and the new world-class Harvest Hall. The Vineyards Campground and Cabins. VineyardsCampground.com.
0: From a salty coastline breeze in Florida to the crashing shores of the great northwest and all prairies, woods, and waters in between, Kender Outdoors is there.
1: Corey Mason, CEO of Dallas Safari Club and the Dallas Safari Club Foundation. Uh, and I love it, Corey, that when we see your signature on any official document, paperwork, press release, whatever, underneath that CEO label is Certified Wildlife Biologist. You are at heart. That's what you were born to do. Um, you love that
6: being part of your life, don't you? I do. You know, I, being raised in a farming ranching community, stewardship of our natural resources, outdoor way of life, from soil and groundwater conservation, it, it's the way I was raised, uh, and it's what I chose to pursue from a profession standpoint and through college and then into my professional time working for the State Game and Fish Agency and now here at DSC. It is, it's the fabric of my being. It is, Billy.
1: And something else about you that a lot of people may not know, you actually guided uh, in rough country for mule deer for uh, a number of years. Uh, and I want to talk to you a little bit about mule deer. You know, I've hunted whitetail deer all of my life. Not, I'm not a mule deer guy. I didn't grow up in that part of the country. But you talk about rugged, desert, high mountain terrain different than, than my whitetail properties that I've hunted all my life. So I'm thinking summertime scouting is going to be a whole lot different too. If you were guiding for mule deer this fall, what would you be doing as a guide right now to to kind of set up set yourself up for success? Absolutely. They are such
6: a fun animal to hunt, you know, from an animal that lives from the uh the high deserts all the way to, you know, above timberline. They're a they're a really interesting animal and an animal that migrates, which is really cool as well and those high country mule deer at least when I say that, you know, if I'm getting ready for the mule deer hunting season, I'm doing a few things. Uh, I'm, I'm looking at, uh, um, obviously the deer are in bachelor herds this time of year, you know. So I'm, I'm laying eyes over lots of country. Uh, depends on where it might be, if it's mule deer range and has some agricultural crops in that area. Uh, I'm looking at those food sources like that to find big concentrations of, the deer, of deer to see what, what those deer are looking like right now. You know, what a mature buck is looking like, how to set expectations and then, watching those deer as they're moving into the trees. If I'm looking in high country right now, hunting really high out of the act country, um, it, it's just a lot of time with glasses, uh, figuring out where those deer are, knowing where water is in that country, uh, not necessarily hunting over water, but knowing it's going to influence their movements. Uh, they're a fascinating animal, and an animal that moves tremendous distances, Billy. And so you got to
1: be mobile to hunt mule
6: deer in that country.
1: So if you spot... Uh, a deer that you'd really like to pay attention to this fall if you spot him right now how in the world are you going to keep up with him keep track of him uh when it's time to to get back up there in the mountains in november
6: yeah that's a good question you know really the best thing you can do is just try to spend some time and learn how those deer are using that country learn what 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 they're feeding on right now by just observing uh, and watching where they're bedding and when you go back, in a month or two months, if you're, you know, maybe you're a Texan or someone from Oklahoma and you're going out to Colorado or New Mexico, uh, you know, the, the odds of finding that particular deer aren't really high. But when you learn that deer's movements, your chances are much better than if you just show up blind and you just walk out on the mountain and see what you see the first day. So, you know, putting in the time, it doesn't guarantee success but it certainly guarantees you a better chance of finding that type deer or understanding how mature animals are using that food source in those mountains. And so you have a pretty good chance of finding another mature deer.
1: Food, water, cover. All critters, including us, food, water, cover, right? (laughs) That's right. That's exactly right. You know, listening to you talk, uh, Corey, about patterning these mule deer a little bit, uh, you sound like an elk cutter. It's very similar it is very similar you know and and there's
6: some obviously similar range use there uh but uh you know another ingredient to that too is is understanding how other hunters will use those hunting units as well you know and understanding how their hunting pressure what are easy access points for the general public to come into an area to hunt which means it'll probably be a pretty high concentration of hunters there which means I'm going to put the pack on and put a few extra pounds in it, and I'm going to keep walking. I'm going to keep walking past everybody else and, and find those deer in those a little bit harder to reach places.
1: Yep, and that's the key with everything. Put a little more elbow grease into it, outwork uh, outwork the next guy. Um, I just returned from uh, the Cibola National Forest and the Gila Mountains and the Zuni, or the uh, Zuni Mountains and uh, that really beautiful part of uh, southwestern or south cent or central western central uh, New Mexico, and I saw some uh, mule deer and they always just fascinate me because I'm a white tail guy. Like I said before, I grew up amongst the white so they really fascinate me. On the table, are they similar to a white tail or a little different? You
6: know, they're quite different, and I've had mule deer that that uh, are quite different from each other. Even you know, uh, more high country mule deer, and then some of the some of those deer that are out uh, utilizing some more lower country and ag fields as well. So and I've also taken some deer in that sagebrush, kind of really rust country, and they certainly have a unique flavor as well. So I enjoy mule deer a lot, but I will say that it's more gamey or meat, generally speaking, than a whitetail.
0: Ah, okay.
1: So when you kill your mule deer for uh, for home consumption, uh, do you let him hang a little longer, do anything special, or it is what it is and we're we're going to the freezer?
6: <laughs> yeah, I'm i'm a fan. If it's a whitetail or elk or mule deer or whatever it is, but I like those animals to, to age a bit as well to break some of that muscle tissue down and just provide some of that uh, that softness to
1: it as well. So I'm a, I'm a fan of that in general. Corey Mason is a uh, wildlife biologist. He is the CEO of the Dallas Safari Club and the Dallas Safari Club Foundation. He's also a pretty good old boy, a uh, good friend of mine, and I always enjoyed my visits with you, Corey. Just one more time, a reminder the 2024 upcoming this coming january dallas safari club convention and sporting expo is in dallas he's in dallas yes sir we look forward to seeing everybody there okay and then we're going to move to atlanta for five years and who knows what the future holds after that Corey, thank you so much for the time you've been very generous with me. I appreciate it. Thank you for having me, Billy. Always great to visit with you. Pleasure is mine, I assure you. Got a couple of minutes left before we vacate the camp house for this week, but we have just enough time for a quick training lesson from Tom Dockett. Hydration for our dogs. It's important no matter the weather. Tom?
10: Hey, Bill. This week we're going to be talking about hydration uh, for your dog. and Most people don't understand that hydration isn't just for when it's warm out or when it's hot. But did you know that your dog will lose hydration a little faster in cold temperatures? So this isn't specifically dealing with hot weather. Cold temperatures will take a lot out of your dog too. One thing that I've really seen as I started, uh, you know, concentrating more on keeping my dogs hydrated during the hunt, I see a big difference in my older dogs if I really put them in a position where I'm going to keep them hydrated during the hunt. And one thing that I've always seen on the older dogs, that next day when you go to get them out, they're, they're stiff, they're kind of sore. As the season goes on a little bit, they just don't recover really quick. And I've concentrated on getting my dogs hydrated. Actually, I'll use a hydration mix product that I'll actually put in my water. I use something called C9. And it, it actually, what it does, not only it has the additives in it that you want your dog to get and have into a system, but it, what it does is it flavors that water enough that that dog actually comes looking for because it it's something a little different than regular water. And you're going to see a change in, in not only a young dog, but those older adult dogs, too, you're going to watch them bounce back and recover so much quicker. So think about that, not just water at the end of the day, water through the hunt, Make sure that your dog stays hydrated. You're going to have fast recoveries. Your dog's are going to do much better during hunting, and you're going to have a lot more bird success as well. That's our training tip for the week. If you'd like to find Dawkins dog training products, you can go to Dawkins.com for a dealer near you.
1: Before we slam the door, I've got to say hello to some folks like Jeff King in Tulin, Illinois. Thanks for listening, Jeff. Thomas Raymond is in Cameron, Texas. Timberly Haas is in Grand Junction, Colorado. In Goshen, New Hampshire, Kelsey Marshall. Bill Davenport is in Pacific Junction, Iowa. Hello to Brian Taylor in Dalhart, Texas. I want to thank my Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, for the time we have together each week and invite you back next time around. Till then, may God bless you and your bunch.